This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Denny. I have a list of September gardening chores. It's going to be a busy weekend for me and maybe other gardeners. <laughs> well, maybe you could share some of those uh, with us uh, during this. Uh, and I, I was looking at the weather radar, and uh, I know we're getting, not getting inundated with rain, but we are getting much needed rain in parts of, uh, of CCO land, so we're we're glad to see that. Yeah, and, and if you're just joining us, uh, Mary will be answering those Lana Garden questions this hour, either by phone or by text. So by all means, don't wait. You know how busy we tend to get here. 651-461-9226. All right, you have uh, some chores. I know I do too, but let's uh, let's talk about a little bit about those uh, those chores uh, that uh, you uh, you brought your list with you. Let's let's get it underway <laughs> I here. My list, okay. So this is the last call for lawns. If you need to seed your lawn and want to see it grow this fall, you know we're right at the at the getting at the end of seeding and renovation. Of course, there's always dormant seeding, but that's you know a couple months down the road when everything is cold and not going to grow. So last call for lawn renovation. Still can do um, weed control on your lawns. We have a little bit longer window for that. Then I'm going to plant some bulbs. So our spring flowering bulbs, tulips, daffodils, uh, small flowering uh, uh, snowdrops and so on. This is it. Time to get your bulbs in. Uh, I'm thinking about dividing one of my peonies. So peonies is the one thing we actually recommend dividing in the fall. And then I'm going to begin cleaning up my vegetable garden. So any diseased plants in the vegetable garden, a couple tomatoes, many tomatoes now finished uh, fruiting. So you want to clean up any diseased plants. And then water anything you planted this summer because we have had such a dry summer. Hopefully with that will turn around. But anything you planted this year, definitely think about watering it um, as we're going into the winter. You know, we should. I know we're going to get more. In fact, we already have uh, received some text messages about, and you addressed it a little bit, about uh, weed control. What 
Can we apply any kind of uh, weed and feed to this time of year? What, what's what's the situation? What should we do with that yes, issue? You definitely can apply uh, weed killers, either just the weed killer by itself or combination weed and fertilizer. Uh, fall fertilization is still our number one number one time to fertilize is in the fall. Weed control can continue as long as we're having these mild uh, temperatures. You want to read the bag, the directions. Uh, carefully for timing of the weed killers because it does it is influenced by temperature so you I kind of use 50 55 degrees as a rule as long as the temperatures are above that will be no problem but the label will always tell you about the best uh, timing and proper uh, uh, chemical control I was again looking at the forecast, Mary, and uh, we mentioned it on the air about uh, a warm day on Tuesday, maybe 84, 85 degrees. But then the high by Friday will be 59. That's the high. So fall is on its way. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's grab a phone call. We don't want to get too far adrift here. Mark is calling in from Shoreview, I believe, uh, this morning. Mark, thank you. What is your question for Mary? Yeah, good morning. Uh, it's about uh, pruning a, a mugal pine. I have an overgrown one that's uh, growing right up against the house, and I need to cut it back a foot or two away from the house, ideally so that it won't grow in that direction in the future. And I know that mugal pines are particular about how they're pruned and trimmed. So is there a time of year or a method that I should take so I don't hurt the plant? Yes, ideally, Mark, you do that pruning in the spring just as it's starting to come out of dormancy and put out those new candles of growth. You're talking, though, about a foot or two, so that's more than just a light uh, shearing. I would say you could do that any time the plant is pretty much dormant. Now, yeah, evergreens um, do go more dormant in the winter. Um, I would wait a little bit. I would wait more till we get into November. And then I would say any time uh, November through um, May, you could could think about pruning it. Uh, and as long as there is quite a bit of green growth left on the plant, uh, don't take off more than a third of it, you should be fine with uh, the recovery. All right, Mary, let's see. I'm looking at text messages as well, and we'll get back to the phones. Can we split hydrangea? If so, when? Split hydrangeas. Yeah, so this this sounds to me like division with the root system. You know, I have never done that with a hydrangea. Um, I think, yes, you can do that. Uh, hydrangeas can get to be big old shrubs. Many times layering is what happens with a hydrangea, that actually a stem will grow and lay itself down and then root there and on the on the stem. And, and you can get another plant that way. Um, if I was going to divide a hydrangea, I would not do it now. I'd wait until the springtime uh, just as it's starting to grow. Okay, very good. Uh, again, our phone number is also our text number, 651-461-9226. Back to the phones we go, Mary. Karen, calling in from Richfield this morning. Karen, what is your question for Mary? Yes, is it too late to tr- uh, trim my shrubs? I have a uh, juniper. Calling in from Richfield this morning. Karen, what is your question for Mary? Yes, is it too late to tr- uh, trim my shrubs? I have uh, junipers and uh, different varieties of shrubs. Is it too late in the season to trim them? 
Um, you could, you know, just like uh, Mark with the Mugo pine, um, I don't like to prune right now at this time of year. It, it, it's still so warm. Pruning can stimulate new growth. I would rather do it on the evergreens uh, either when they're totally dormant or in the spring. So I would I would wait if I were you I would do your pruning and use those trimmings for Christmas decorations or holiday decorations in uh, containers etc. That's when I prune my junipers is I go out and prune them and then use the uh, trimmings uh, for winter decorations. Mary, a texter says, when is a good time to put down winterizer and does it need watering in? Yes, it, it's very helpful if it's watered in. Uh, the winterizing fertilizer it kind of has that name that it goes on really late in the year. Um, we've been more cautious about recommending really late fertilizations because you, you want the fertilizer to go in and be taken up by the plant, go in the soil, be taken up by the plant. If there's any chance of runoff, when the ground gets frozen, that's a big problem to the environment. So our recommendations are really in the fall fertilizer to put it down when it's gonna be taken up by the plant. So now I would do that now and probably through uh, mid-October, mid towards the two thirds away through October and then um, that that's kind of it. Okay. This listener wants to know, can I overwinter large mizzou and wandering Jew potted plants, or should I propagate cuttings and start new ones for next year? Yes, the Tradescantia is a really uh, wonderful, very vigorous plant. You can do it either way. I've seen people keep that plant for years and years, the same plant growing. And then, yes, it's going to get very big. It has uh, stolons or the long stems on it that root very easily if you take cuttings from them. So, yeah, Tradescantia is one of our really tough, nice house plants. Either way, you can you can make a lot of friends here. You can get a lot of these away. You can get uh, you could trim off those stems, uh, put those in some potting soil uh, with you know partially a plastic bag over the top to keep the humidity high. In a couple weeks, you'll probably have a lot of new plants. All right, let's do this, Mary. Let's uh, have a quick break and be right back with more questions and answers. Mary Meyer from the U of M is answering those lawn and garden questions today here on our Smart Garden Show. In the Twin Cities, uh, we moved to 66 degrees uh, on our way to near 82 and still a chance of showers and thunderstorms. Uh, mostly cloudy tomorrow, by the way. Here in the Twin Cities, we expect highs near 75 degrees on this final weekend of summer. 66 now on Newstalk 830 WCCO. Had a good Saturday morning to you. This one, the 17th of September. We're in the midst of our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here, along with Mary Meyer. Mary answering your lawn and garden questions here on our Smart Garden Show. 651-461-9226. Mary, we have callers and we have textures. I also want to get back to your your list of things to do as well. <laughs> so we'll we'll get back to that for sure. Uh, let's, let's grab a phone call or two before we do that very thing. Roland's calling in from Plymouth. I do believe today. Roland, you're on with Mary. Um, what is the best um, time of the year to take out garlic mustard? 
Oh boy, garlic mustard Roland is a big, big problematic weed. The best time of year is to take it out in the spring when the before it goes to seed. It's actually a biennial, so it'll be a little tiny plant and then it will grow up to be a big plant with flowers on it the following year. So really work on it in the spring and figure out, you know, learn to identify it so you can tell it at any time of year. I bet you, Mary, that does your heart good, too, to hear uh, a youngster, and again, uh, maybe just answering or asking the question this morning, but uh, getting young people involved in gardening is a great thing. Oh, it's a it's a great thing. It's a lifelong learning experience, and if you learn to identify plants when you're young, you'll know them all your life. So, yeah, lots of fun. Absolutely. All right. Texter says, and then we'll get back to the phones, is it too late to trim arborvita or cedar shrubs? Arborvita or cedar shrubs. Yeah, we're having a lot of questions on yes. pruning evergreens now, yep. right? So um, I, I think it's not too late. It's too early as far as I'm concerned. I, I like to wait till the plant is further dormant. We've been having such warm falls. I would hold off a little bit um, to... Uh, delay any uh, regrowth that might come back after pruning. I'd wait till it's a little bit colder. Okay. Let's uh, grab another phone call. This one uh, from uh, Carl calling in from New Brighton this morning. Carl, you're on CCO with Mary. Thanks for the call. I will say a garlic mustard, a problematic weed, but great on a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I digress. I will say this, I have a, we just moved into a home with a big backyard and we could use a tree and I want something that's a little fast growing with lots of shade. What might that be? Oh, Carl, good for you. Well, there are lots of choices. Uh, the newest trees I planted in my yard, I planted a red oak. I planted the St. Croix elm. Yes, an American elm that's disease resistant. Boy, that St. Croix elm has grown a lot. It has been really a fast growing tree. Um, many people like honey locust or... Um, Honey locust is a great kind of fine textured tree. There are a lot of new maples that are on the market now. Those are good um, as well. The, um, uh, there, the yeah, there's one that's slipping my mind. Another native tree. I see it. Um, um, I'll think about it in just a second here. Um, but um, yeah, I would say you've got a lot. Oh, the hackberry, celtus. That's another one. Hackberry is another native tree, relatively fast growing and very drought tolerant. So lots of good choices. Um, maybe you should plant a couple instead of just one. Diversity is really good to plant more than one kind. Okay. And how important, maybe a silly question, is, is uh, the type of soil given the type of tree you want to plant? Uh, I, I, trees are not as picky on soil okay. type as they are moisture. So wow. if you, if you've got a place that's poorly drained, you want to plant something like an elm that will tolerate poor drainage. Whereas if you have a drier site, something like a hackberry or a blue spruce, they, they like the drier site conditions. So soils are pretty tolerant, but moisture level is more critical. There's a related text to that. How late is too late to plant a tree? We'd like to have a month 
a good four weeks of growing conditions for the roots to establish. So we are still within that ballpark now for container plants or bald and burlap trees that have um, a, a good root system on them. If you're transplanting things, if you're digging up things on your own, it's harder to get that good root system. But when you buy something with a, in a container from um, you know the nurseries and garden centers, you can still do. I've had really good success with fall planting. The key is really watering the plants after you put them in. Okay. Uh, before we grab a forecast, let's uh, grab a phone call. Margaret's calling in from uh, Egan this morning. Thank you for waiting, Margaret. What's your question for Mary? I have a rose geranium. When it blooms, it looks like clusters of red roses. My mom had this plant way back when I was on the farm, and I'm in my 80s now. And every summer it went outside, the winter it brought in. What I'm wondering about, I've taken off two clippings and started new, two new plants to put in my house. But the plant that's out on my deck, if these plants die out, that will be the end of them, I'm afraid. And I want to know what I can do with the big plant. If a nursery would take it and start new plants or what I should do with it. Oh, Margaret, lucky you to have that geranium for so many years with so many wonderful memories. I think you should call a couple of the garden centers, uh, and you might call like Bachman's main store, their flagship store down in uh, on Lindell Avenue in Minneapolis. I would call and ask them, and, and you know, some bigger stores like Bachman's, as well as some smaller stores, uh, to see who really might want to do that. You know, I know at the Arboretum, we get a lot of plants, but we are not really a production facility, so it's it's, it's much harder for us to keep plants than it is uh, some of the commercial growers. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of some other smaller growers who really might want to do that. Maybe Kelly and Kelly Nursery in Long Lake. Let's see, you said you're in Egan, but there's Gertens that's not far from you. I would give them a call and ask them. Ask to talk to the head grower head grower and that those rose geraniums are beautiful and they are quite unique so good luck margaret yeah absolutely all right i tell you what uh, let's do this let's make way for our uh, cco weather forecast and then we'll come back we'll uh, have about another half hour of the show to go mary meyer from the u of m answering your lawn and garden questions here on news talk 830 this is wcco Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Getting some good help this morning from Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. And uh, if you want to call in your uh, garden question, Lana Garden question, great. If you want to send a text, it is the same number for either, 651-461-9226. Okay, Mary, back to your list of things to do in your lawn and garden. Well, I'm not sure where we left off, but, but what's what's next uh, for you to do today or this week? Well, planting bulbs. So the spring flowering bulbs, this is fall now is the time of year we put those in. Uh, it's getting a little late to place a mail order, but go to the garden centers. They'll have plenty of daffodils, crocus, um, chanadoxa, glory of the snow, or the snowdrops. 
So one thing, many people are focused on pollinators now and providing food for pollinators, nectar and pollen. And these spring bulbs flower really, really early. So when the first bees come out, what are they going to feed on? Many times it's these uh, spring flowering bulbs, but we plant them in the fall. So go to the garden center, get some bulbs if you haven't uh, done this already, or if you've bought your bulbs and have them sitting in your uh, utility room where mine are, time to get out and plant them. It is important to water these in after you plant them. Daffodils especially just, you know, the bulb will just not sit there if the ground is dry. So you want to add additional water so that those roots start to grow. We really depend on root growth in the bulbs in the fall. So they grow their roots in the fall and then the flower, the bulb come the flower bud uh and flower comes up in the spring i didn't make it there last uh weekend but i am thinking tomorrow of heading to the apple house that's uh that's open for business isn't it it's open for business yes every day 10 to 6 it's just beyond the arboretum uh down in chaska chanhassen and you don't need reservations the apple house is a retail store you can go there anytime between 10 and 6 and they have some wonderful apples. Of course, the early apples now, Zestar First Kiss, the newer one from the University of Minnesota. Uh, they also have Sweet Tango and Paula Red, ciders, pies, honey, and maple syrup. And squash is starting to be picked now. So lots of things to see um, at the Apple House. You have a favorite apple? I, I love that sweet tango, <laughs> I think. But there's so many good sweet ones. Sweet tango is good. I have one zestar tree, and this is each year for bearing. Oh, my gosh, I have a couple bushels off one tree. <laughs> um, so zestar is a nice apple. The, you know, the early apples are not good keepers. So they're best fresh eating, make applesauce, uh, store them in the refrigerator, and use them quickly. When we get to Harrelson and the later apples, those are usually uh, more tart, better for baking and long keepers. Okay, you're making me hungry. Yeah. Uh, here is uh, another text. It says, once again, our lilacs are blooming now. They are also bloomed in the spring, although blooms were not as many as usual. Is there an explanation for this, texter says? We think this is due to environmental conditions, especially when we have strange weather where we will go through almost like a dormancy for the plants in, in late summer. So the buds actually have met some type of a requirement to delay and then it rains again or it's cool or warm and the buds think, oh, it's springtime, time to come out. So we do see that reblooming on some of the spring flowering plants. Usually, yeah, it's not very much, maybe like a 10% bloom that you'll see, but most of the buds won't open. Uh, the flower buds are formed in July, but then they won't open until the next year. Mary, this uh, listener says, I have uh, three-month-old Shenandoah and Korean reed grasses. Can I cut them down uh, this uh, late fall, or should I wait because of, of their age? They're doing, uh, they're doing good. 
I would not cut grasses back in the fall. We've seen more uh, tendency for winter injury. Shenandoah is a beautiful red uh, switchgrass. And then the Korean reed grass, mine is just starting to flower. So that reaches its beautiful peak with pink flowers coming up now in the next week or so. So no, I would not cut either of those back. Wait until the spring and then you can cut the tops off because they'll grow back from the base. If you would like to call Mary and chat with her or send a text, 651-461-9226. Texter says this, Mary, will, uh, my, we got a puppy this spring. He really demolished my ferns. Will they come back next year? Yes, they might, especially if they're older and well-established. You know, the ostrich fern, mine is pretty much brown right now because the dry conditions and it tends to go dormant later in the summer. So yes, hopefully it will. And then you need to put a barrier up there so in the springtime the puppy doesn't uh, eat the ferns again. Uh, when knock should them down. probably knock, knock them down? Yeah, when uh, this listener Mary says, when should endless summer hydrangeas be cut back? Um, I I told a colleague Julie who's on the show. I told Julie the other day. You know, we get all these questions about pruning hydrangeas, and I think people should just not worry Leave them about alone. pruning hydrangeas. <laughs> endless summer is not a big plant. Um, you know, it's that's supposed to bloom on new wood as well as old wood, and it gets pretty complicated. So if you don't care about the flowers. You can prune hydrangeas most any time, but um, unless it's really big and bothering you, uh, early spring is usually the best time to do it. Okay. Let's get back to the phones, Mary. I think Sharon is uh, giving us a call this morning from uh, Eden Prairie. Sharon, thank you. What is your question for Mary? Oh, good morning. Um, I planted the uh, Joe Pye weed just, oh, probably a month or so ago. Um, do I um, trim those back now in the wintertime? No, Sharon, I don't think I do that. You want it to remain green and healthy as long as possible so it will help to establish the roots because it's new. There's also a lot of information now about leaving stems of perennials for uh, bees and other pollinators that actually nest in the stem of these. So if you if you do any trimming, I would cut back the growth in the spring after it has really died and you have the dead stems. But if you can leave a good six inches, six to eight inches at the base of the stem, that will help pollinators. Um, you know, we're trying not to be as tidy with cleanup in our gardens because we know that that helps a lot of our pollinators. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see who's next on the phone. Tom is calling in, I believe, this morning from Wyzetta. Uh, Tom, thank you. What is your question for Mary Meyer? Yeah, I have been growing boxwoods in pots um, out on the patio, and I had a hole that I dug in my yard that was about three feet deep. I lined it with wood, uh, and I used to put them in there for the winter, and they wintered just fine. I put, like, a you know bags of leaves on top of it. Well, I moved, and I have no place to do that same thing except for a really big window well. So I guess my question is, is it just the protection was it ashes in the ground, or was it just I kept them out of the wind and the sun? Um, and if I insulated, made a box, insulated that, in that window well, which is looking good, 
seven feet deep. Would that help her work? Uh, well, it's yeah. You, it's the soil usually, Tom, that's protected the plant when you've put it down there. Uh, roots are much more fragile than tops on plants, and so the roots have very little, uh, little uh, cold tolerance. So the soil acts as a tremendous buffer around those roots. So the window well might work. You gotta, you gotta really put some uh, insulation and other things around it. So, you know, you don't want it to go much below 32, maybe 30, 25 at the very, very least. So you can see there's a real big difference between 25 above and 25 below. So you, something to really create that buffer. So I would, you know, try to make it as similar as possible to uh, the way you did it before. Uh, good luck with that. All right. Mary, we need to take a quick break here. We'll have more show uh, when we come back in the other. Or, uh, good luck with that. All right. Mary, we need to take a quick break here. We'll have more show uh, when we come back in the other side. In the Twin Cities right now, our current temperature reading uh, is 66 degrees. We're on our way to near 82. Uh, still chances of showers both today and tonight, but a cloudy day tomorrow for your Sunday near 75, the high tomorrow. Again, now on CCO, 66 degrees. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Getting good help from the likes of Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota helping you out uh, this morning at 651-461-9226. Mary, there's a texter that uh, relates uh, to uh, lawns today. I think it's a good question. Can I aerate and seed the lawn in the same day? Yes, you can. Uh, you should do the aeration first and then the seed seeding uh, right after that. Aeration will open up spaces for the seed to go down and I would do that as soon as possible. You know, normally we say the September 15th is the end of the line, but we've had warmer falls. I think as long as you get it done by, um, you know, in the next 10 days, it should be fine. Okay. This listener wants to know, are white and yellow clover beneficial to your lawn? Yes, they are. Um, ye yellow clover, this what we call sweet clover, um, yes, that they both are. The white clover is low growing enough that it will exist when you mow the lawn. Sweet clover, not so much. But both of those are nitrogen fixing plants. In other words, they take the nitrogen from the air and they make it available to the plants in the soil. So you don't have to fertilize as much when you have clover in your lawn. And we know that's a wonderful plant for pollinators. Looking at some of these texts and, and the spell check, and I get a kick out of some, some how it ends up uh, being in print. But I think I know the, this question. But it says, I'll just read it. I have a 60-foot hedge of good Tony Esters. <laughs> I, would I would imagine it's good Tony Esters. Uh, should I wait till all the leaves fall off before I give them a trimming? They're around 30 years old. 
this time of year asking that in September, yes, I would wait till it's totally dormant or I would do it in the springtime. So yes, yeah, 60 <laughs> foot. So this person has been maintaining this for a while, but wow, I, I yes. think it's a little, uh, yeah, I'd wait till it's more dormant. Can you overwinter this texture? Maple tree seedlings indoors over the winter for extra growth, or should you let them go dormant outside? Let them go dormant outside. Yeah, we know the maple. Maple is a plant that really appreciates the dormancy. It's it's used to that. If you bring them indoors, yeah, they'll probably just drop their leaves anyway. I would definitely leave them outside. Uh, how to take care of milkweed in the fall, this listener asks. Well, I assume this is the milkweed, the common milkweed, or, you know, we have several species of milkweed used by the monarch butterflies. Um, you don't really, they don't need special care in the fall. There are um, many hardy kinds. Uh, if you have a kind that's not hardy, I would not worry about that. Um, you can't get that to overwinter in Minnesota, but several kinds of swamp milkweed, butterfly milkweed, and our common milkweed, all very hardy. And uh, just, I would say if you've planted them recently, make sure they're well watered. I think this is a good point to mention the University of Minnesota website because this uh, listener says, what fast-growing shade trees do you recommend other than maples? I think uh, that would be a great resource, wouldn't you, Mary? Oh, yes. We've got lots of information up there with uh, plant selections. And, you know, sometimes I pe think people focus too much on fast growing when they really want to focus on diversity or the soil moisture level that they have or the exposure where they're planting. Uh, oaks can be a really fast growing tree if you put them in the right environment. So they have kind of a history of People think they're not fast-growing, but they, they actually can be quite fast-growing. But, mm. yes, extension.umn.edu, and then click on Yard and Garden. Yes, extension.umn.edu, great resource. Uh, when should, this listener says, when should peonies be trimmed back, and should they be covered for winter? You can start trimming back your peonies now. It, it really depends on how the foliage looks. Peonies get Botrytis blight, which is a fungus disease which causes these brown and then black spots. If you've got black spots on your peonies, you can cut that foliage off, put it in commercial compost site. If you get a really hot compost uh, pile, you can put it in your own compost site. But um, in the fall, it's a good idea to clean them up because the sanitation, removing that Botardus blight on the leaves will help your peonies. I know we have uh, just a minute or two to go, and, and we always uh, have great tips from our listeners uh, it's coming back to us. But remember that earlier call as far as that old plant that maybe uh, a garden center might uh, help uh, continue yes. on. This listener says maybe, just maybe. I wonder if the landscape program with their greenhouse at Hennepin Tech College would like to take up the challenge of the call. That's a thought. That's a thought, yes, because they're, they certainly are teaching plant propagation and they're looking for plants to propagate. And, yeah, it's worth a try. And uh, we mentioned you mentioned the, the Arboretum. We were talking about the Apple House, uh, where you don't need any particular reservation. But in our last minute here, let's uh, talk about the Arboretum. How do we get to see that wonderful place? 
Yes, the Arboretum is open with reservations, but there's several hundred reservations for every hour, so no problem in getting in. You know, fall is one of the most popular times at the Arboretum, so think about your schedule and go ahead and make the reservations to come out there. If you're a member, it's always free to come to the Arboretum. Today, the Scarecrow display starts. So there are probably about 25 different Scarecrows to see. You can vote for your favorite. The Bachman stores, each one of the Bachman stores has a um, competition with their Scarecrows. And then Arboretum staff other members and so on have done a lot of fun scarecrows but the annuals are absolutely beautiful that huge annual garden with bright red colors the prairie looks good asters dahlias yeah so much so much to talk about get on the web for sure and mary uh thank you so much Uh, we'll talk soon and we'll have another show next week what do you say Always a pleasure. Thank you, Dan. Pleasure's mine. Thank you, Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Linda's next hour here on News Talk 830 WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.